The readings today, especially the first one in our psalm, are, have a common theme of listening. Listening is a great virtue. It's tough to practice in our day and age with all the noise in our society or our culture. So in Deuteronomy, Moses says, A prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kin. To him you shall listen. And then the Lord responds later, Whoever will not listen to my words, which he speaks in my name, I myself will make him answer for it. And the psalm so beautifully proclaimed, If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And we can combine this with our gospel today. Jesus is entering a synagogue. Right? So there's a difference between synagogue and temple, which is worth highlighting for a moment. So synagogue was a center of learning, a place where scribes were, where, where the word was taught of the prophets, teaching. And there were synagogues in various communities, uh, but there was only one temple. There was one temple that was in Jerusalem, and that's where the priest dwelt. That's where the sacrifices happened and where you were supposed to go at, at least once a year to offer sacrifice to present your child. So temple... It no longer exists today. You can still visit the Temple Mount. Um, but synagogues are still in existence. And what the Mass is, is effectively a unity of these two. So we have the first part of the Catholic Mass, right? Because we get all this from the Jewish tradition. Uh, and so that's the liturgy of the Word, what we're doing right now. And the second half of the Mass is the Temple. It's the sacrifice upon the altar. So anyways, Jesus is entering the synagogue and he begins to teach. I don't know if he asked anyone, he just started teaching, right? He was a good rabbi. Uh, but it, he didn't teach in kind of a normal way. He taught with authority, a teacher with authority. And that in and of itself is a little jaw-dropping because Jesus, compared to the scribes, the elders of these communities, these synagogues, he was not necessarily, at least by society's standards, a well-educated man, right? But here he is, son of a carpenter, from that podunk town of Nazareth, away from the temple, proclaiming truth. And what happens? Someone hears him, right? And you can kind of be a little confused at that. The synagogue was probably full. Of course, a lot of people would have heard him. It says, quote, the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So they were amazed, but they were a little more amazed at just this authority that this country man was claiming these teachings. But there's another one that heard. And their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Another word for unclean spirit, I'll try to say this in Greek, pneumati akatharto, if you look it up all over scripture, it's demon. Demons. He was probably possessed or at least greatly oppressed. And the clue to that is the question, have you come to destroy us? There could have been multiple demons afflicting this man. Have you come to destroy us? So put yourself in this scene. You're in this synagogue with all these people. Uh, this Jesus who you've been hearing about, who just you know, was at a wedding a few weeks ago, made a lot of really great wine. Uh, and here he is walking up to the front and starts to teach. And you're probably like, what is this guy? Maybe it's a little more entertainment value than, than what he's actually saying. But then this crazy man, who's known as a man with unclean spirits, starts to speak to him. It's very bold. And he starts freaking out. Because he knows who this guy, this man, Jesus, truly is. Because he was listening, of course, 
being a fallen angel, you know, afflicting him, he would have had that insight. He would have had that knowledge about Jesus. Uh, and so, brothers and sisters, even this, this man that was suffering, is leading us into what is true listening. That uh, there's two levels kind of going on here. There's the difference between the kind of habitual, albeit faithful, listening when we come to Mass, when we go to the synagogue, so to speak, uh, like all those faithful that were there. But then there's letting those words with authority fall into our hearts, not just into our minds, and letting those words transform us. For this man, through his suffering, he can show us what happens when we truly listen, when we allow the Word of God, when we allow the sacraments to truly affect us. So we have free will. We could block it off, right? So we have to give him permission to come into our hearts. And what can happen? He enters powerfully into us even if it seems like he was already present. Evil and sin can be rebuked and conquered. And most importantly, healing can come. Right? But the key is we have to listen. We have to allow his words, he who is the word, to affect us. So that first reading from Deuteronomy, for centuries upon centuries, God was sending his word through the prophets. Right? He had planned since the beginning of the fall to send his son to save us, but it was not yet time. The way had to be prepared. But eventually, a little over 2,000 years ago, he sent his son into the world, who suffered, died, conquered sin, did these great works we hear of, and then he rose. But he just didn't abandon us, right? just giving us the gospels, these, you know, these words we read and teach. He gave us a word among us. He gave us himself in the sacraments, in the church, in the Eucharist. So in this communion today, when we come forward, challenge yourself to listen to the Word of God, to let that affect your heart. Carve out in your day with your prayer time, whether it's 15 minutes, whether it's more, whether it's a little less, you know, start out small and grow. Make sure at least half of it is in silence, like true, authentic silence. You dismiss all the thoughts of the world, all noises, and listen to the stirrings within your heart, a heart in which he wishes to dwell and to heal.